It's like you clicking in the background going, oh, new interface. It's much more sophisticated now, isn't it? I guess that'll suit us well then, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Speak for yourself. Exactly. Says he tongue-in-cheek. So... This recording in this podcast is all about what's the mindset we would encourage people to deploy or use when they're collaborating with peers and colleagues. And we're going to explore that via me asking you some questions. I wonder if you could speak briefly as a way of introducing what we're talking about when we're talking about collaboration. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so when we first identified collaboration as an activity that we would want to help people with when they're developing their skills as a manager or leader, we were always conscious that when you talk about delegating work to people or managing their performance, it's pretty clear to people the activity and what that entails. When it comes to collaboration, as you mentioned, it's peers and colleagues. And, and it is, I suppose, to an extent with your direct reports. And as an activity, the way I like to talk about it is when you are influencing, getting things done that you're accountable for or you're, you, you have to do through um, liaison and communication with other people. The difference is you're not delegating work to somebody where there's, you know, however flat a structure there is a hierarchy and you're the boss you're you're in this context you're influencing without hierarchy and it's a different game so tell me what's the stuff that gets in the way when you're playing this different game with your peers colleagues and sometimes your team um it's as you said at the start it's a mindset because it's you know we talk a lot about what we want to help people with is what are they what do people value as they go into certain activities what what do they pay attention to that's important that drives their behavior and so when you when when you ask the question about what's the game and how is it different when people are collaborating truly it's where it's a very mutual mutually beneficial activity because you would work within an organization and have some responsibilities and accountabilities and then the subtlety is, well, when you're collaborating is that everybody working on something together has their own individual what's in this for me aspect to achieving something. And at the same time, the, the, the paradox is the fact that they can't achieve that without engaging the help of others. So the usual, well, some of the levers that you would pull to have influence um, are very uh, won't necessarily work in this context, and so the you you have to appeal to to do this effectively. You have to appeal to other people's um, well, appeal to them to help and to help you achieve what's important to you, and then a rolling up to the overall you know greater good of what you're attempting to achieve on a project or or as um, or, or on some some sort of program or or, or um, process that you're improving, for example, collaboratively together. 
So you're having to um, work genuinely with people and respecting the fact that they will have things that are important to them. And all the while you're focused on your own needs, then it's less likely that you're going to achieve what you need to. So how would I know when when I'm collaborating and it's working well and then how would I know when it's not? Like what would be the what would be the indicators that we're not working together well? That's a really good question. And I think it's a, in a funny sort of way, it's a feeling. It's about is it effortless? And a lot of people listening to this could say, no, it's never bloody effortless. Um, but there are degrees of effortlessness. I suppose, to make up a word. And how do you know when you're collaborating and it's working? Well, when it feels easy. And how do you, because the opposite is you know when it's hard work because you're talking about it or you're taking a deep breath before you're speaking to people or you're finding people in the moment to be um, hard to deal with. So, yeah, I think it's, if that answers your question, I think how do you know when it's, when it's working and you are collaborating effectively, it's well things are moving forward and it and it's and it feels easy. And what would you suggest are the uh, you mentioned levers? I'm curious about this this notion of levers. What what levers can I pull on that might help facilitate a more collaborative dynamic? I think we the best way of explaining that is to come back to our ABC model being attentive, being balanced and being connected because they're rooted in intrinsic motivations that are important to people in any context. So when we talk about performance management, we talk about people want to feel important in the fact that you're paying attention to um, how any feedback relates to them and, and making it relevant. It's the same as you want to be balanced because you want to give them choice and you want to be honest and open so they still trust you despite the feedback sometimes being negative and I think the same thing applies when you're collaborating on a wider um, as a wider activity with people in that if people are going to choose to collaborate easily and effortlessly with you if they are feeling um, that you are considering them and what's important to them in this process they will feel valued and significant and want to include themselves in the process, not because they have to, but because they want to. And so the levers to encourage that is to yeah. work out through your questions, you know, what's important to everybody involved in this project. And by asking that and by demonstrating that curiosity, everybody will um, feel like they want to contribute because they are being paid attention to. Secondly, you know, collaboration is a choice. So back to what I was saying earlier about in the balanced dimension of, of human behaviour, people don't collaborate because they're told to. Well, they do, but they don't collaborate fully. So it's it's a choice. They they will have intentions. They will have things that are important to them, as we say, which captures their attention. But there are also things that they are tasked to achieve in their aspect of their role. And when we talk about intrinsic motivations, often when we ask people what's important to them about their career, they will say, yeah, doing a good job or progression or learning or, or working on challenging things, things that you, you want to be capable or demonstrate your competence at being able to achieve. 
And so respecting that, knowing that that's going on under the surface means that if you want to be effectively collaborating with somebody, it needs to be a two-way dialogue. It's a, it's asking questions rather than telling. It's discovering what's important to people and lies behind their interest. And it gives them an, a degree of control over the process. And that's in the balance dimension. And then the final lever to complete the set is, you know, are people able to feel really capable capable of being honest in a connected sense is it well this is pretty tough isn't it oh there's some really hard decisions to make here and how are you feeling about that and it's the lever around openness and agreement and keeping things agreeable so it feels um agreeable as a process respecting you know the human element of of the dynamic and and how people might be feeling and you know liking themselves throughout the process because they're they're able to feel like telling you where they're at with something drives connection and all of the the mechanisms or the levers the, the practical techniques like chunking up and down like framing dialogue for inclusion and for you know tricky messages and for indicating your intention to be collaborative they they'll all uh, grease the wheels and yeah so that, that those are the levers i would say are important so you might say then that someone might feel the need to opt out if they don't feel like they're able to contribute or it's not relevant for them to contribute or they're not feeling sufficiently included in the process and then someone might demonstrate a bit of apathy if if they don't feel like it's clear what they're there for and how they might have a role in this collaborative endeavor and then and then in the in the third area the third lever is about if if the dialogue discourages openness and honesty then there's a there'll be a lack of authenticity for want of a better word or realness in the in the endeavor so that might have an impact on them. They might be a bit suspicious about what it, what this is about and what's going on. And those levers are, are moving all the time. And they're, 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 would you say that they need to be on your radar in some way? Yeah. And, you know, the, the back to my point about it being effortless, it's not effortless if people are being defensive. And if people are being defensive, like opting out or, or um, the descriptions that you use, they're being what are they defending themselves against? Well, they're defending themselves against their um, what they perceive to be um, the how would we describe it? The not attacks because that's too far too strong a word. But it it they they feel that their self concept is at risk. So in that there are things that are important to them that if they're not feeling significant, they may opt out. So they'll opt in if it's relevant to them, and, it, and if it, if it's made to feel relevant to them, they'll feel significant. So they will feel good about themselves. In the same way that people will, uh, unless they feel they can contribute freely, they um, and explain how they're feeling, you know, throughout and be honest and be themselves. They they may defend themselves against that, and and that might come out in in lots of different ways in secret, being secretive, or politics, or you know talking saying one thing in the room and saying something different outside of the room to other people so 
all of those defensive are you know they're 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 a defense of the self-concept and the self-concept is how do i feel about myself and what's important to me there's a there's a much greater field of choice involved with collaboration isn't it like you said at the start like because you're attempting to influence without hierarchy people have much more choice in the matter and there's a big difference isn't there between someone showing up and really being present and fully being true to themselves and contributing and people showing up and just paying lip service to something there's a big difference isn't there yeah yeah there is and and we have to remember that collaboration is a high chunk word it's nominalization it's a it's a process you know and you know it, it will mean many different things at different levels to different people and what what do i mean by that well it's often a value that that a business defines as something that's important to them you know commercially we will be successful if we collaborate effectively internally turning that into an everyday behavior is really tricky when you put the needs of individuals at play within that overall system and so when you talk about choice it is a choice and it's a choice driven by people's individual reactions to different dynamics and and different um, interpersonal dynamics so to make it an easy everyday behavior there are certain rules to apply which is you know make your con you know go into a collaborative and it could just be working through something with one other person it could be you know with your team being collaborative on new ideas so you know you, if, if you're the line manager and you've got your team together and say let's brainstorm your 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 input will be disproportionate and your you your um your behavior will be amplified because there's a hierarchy unless you make it super clear that that in that instance there isn't so unless you make it super easy for people to feel like including themselves if you make it super easy that you say look no hierarchy today my ideas are worth no more than anybody else's because i would not want to stifle anybody's contribution so anything goes you know please say anything be silly you know, there's no need to fear, you know, or, or, or feel that your competence is on show here. If you have a, an idea which is completely ridiculous, say it, because that's not the game we're playing today. It's not a it's not a game of competence. And then just feel that you can just be honest about how you feel about suggestions and do that in the moment now. And And so as a manager, it's setting those conditions up that, Everybody plays, you know, make it relevant to everybody around the room, around the table. Make it um, clear that your contribution is valid and it's not about feeling silly. It's like, you know, be happy to say what you like, you know, do what you like, say what you like in this context of collaboration, because the output from that will be different. You know, it's not let's reinvent this really crucial process that that has regulatory needs it's not it's in a in a creative collaborative process it's it's a different game so as a manager it's about going into those situations knowing that your behavior will be um, disproportionately influential and how you frame things or how you create the conditions for people to collaborate and then with your peers it's someone's in well i suppose someone's leading things 
and it may be you, it may be not. And true collaboration across an organization is really tricky because of the hierarchy. And you can still influence it through your own behavior, subtly through the questions that you ask or by demonstrating your desire to be honest. And yeah, by creating that dynamic of balance by making it um, a two-way dialogue with intentions being clear and on the table. So everyone plays, anything goes and there's no taboos in it. And what I'm hearing you say is that it starts with you. Like you as an, as an individual and in a, in a certain context, you'll be perceived as the person in charge or the line manager. In other instances where you're with your peers, you might just be considered a colleague but those rules, those three rules, everyone plays, anything goes, no taboo starts with you. And that in embodying them and demonstrating them in your behaviours, it helps facilitate that in others, encourage them to show up in that way. Yeah, and it's having that in your mindset. And it's as we talk about, it's at a higher logical level of valuing certain things. And those three things that you describe are... You know, from experience, the things to value or experiment with valuing to see what you get as a result. So if you go in thinking, okay, so what's important here is that I get everybody to feel that they want to contribute and we're not leaving anybody behind. We're allowing anything to, you know, pop up for people in terms of ideas. However, you know, crazy, wacky, silly, whatever, and there's no um, control over the flow of information or ideas. And then, yeah, no taboos that, you know, people can say in that context, people can can pretty much say what they like about what they're experiencing. Then that mindset or that higher logical level intention on those three levels will create a dynamic that, you know, starts with yourself, as you say, that creates a dynamic that you are likely to embody. And, you know, if everybody's playing the game in the same way to the same sort of rules, an organization's intention to be collaborative turns into everyday behavior. And it doesn't happen everywhere. And you, and you, as you say, it's embodying it yourself to catalyze that reaction as much as you can and it starts with yourself. And then is there anything, is there any decisions I can make? Is there any um, methodologies or techniques that I can use that might help, to borrow an expression you used earlier, grease the wheels of my own, of my own behavior? Like what sorts of things should I be thinking about using when I'm going into a context where collaboration is important? Yeah. I mean, I think you, you create the context and permission through framing. You um, can be present to what's going on in a collaborative dynamic through chunking up and down. You can use the format system for um, a process to collaborate on things together. So are we on the same page when it comes to why we're doing this thing? Are we all clear about what we're actually looking to achieve? Are we, um, can we have some dialogue about how we might go about it? And are we all clear about, would we all describe the benefits and the risks and what we're looking to get from this in the same way? So those four boxes are a collaborative um, 
framework to have people um, discuss and create a clear narrative together about an initiative or um, something that you're working on. And then alongside the logic of that narrative, there's a there's the grease the wheels dynamic, which the most readily, um, I suppose, useful technique is agreement. That influence is agreement. That it's very difficult to move forward as a as a as an interpersonal dynamic unless it's in a dynamic of agreement. So we talk about. Um, the agreement frame, which I suppose falls into two usages in that people will make suggestions. And, you know, if you make it, you make a random suggestion, Michael, about something, about what we should do. I think we should go to the beach. No, we, no, we shouldn't. I mean, it's raining. Oh, okay then. All right, that went well. So, and do it, say it again. I think we should go to the beach. Okay, yeah, and, and we could go to the beach. And also, because of the weather, what we might be able to do is have some fun somewhere a bit more covered. Oh, yeah, good idea. So where, where, where else is there? Yeah. So do you keep things agreeable and, and, and make it additive in your mentality by agreeing and adding to? When it's like the, the yes and game that... In the golden rule of improv comedy and the thing that keeps the improvisation going is yes and it's the okay yeah I hear that and I, I have a different suggestion I hear that and what about this and let's add to it so the the dynamic of agreement is as an everyday behavior is listen agree add to rather than um, listen think oh, it's actually not not going to work for me so I'll just take the oxygen out of the room by disagreeing or um, or just being completely neutral. If you want everyone to play, then that that is a tool to encourage people to contribute, isn't it? And to help that process of people feeling like, if I say something, I'm not going to be judged. If I say something, I'm not going to be shot down. If I say something, I'm not going to feel exposed. If I say something, you know, there's so there's so much of that that can sometimes go on in groups and people keep their mouths shut through fear of the repercussion of being, you know, slightly shamed or exposed in a in a in that type of context. And when you're playing the yes and game, it might embolden people that might not otherwise contribute. Yes. Yes, and it also gives people an opportunity to feel heard. And, and the opposite is, you know, well-intended buts where people go, oh, yes, yeah, 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 we, you know, we, yes, I hear that, but we did that a few couple of years ago. Oh, God, that's just the worst, isn't it? We've done it before. Yeah, and, and notice the word in that sentence. You know, when we teach people to be mindful of the impact of certain words in their language, when we say to people, you know, I hear what you're saying, and the word that follows that is but, that it negates the what comes before it. And people think when they speak and when they say they say two parts of a sentence that you you put the word but in the middle, you know, uh, you know, generally your performance is fine, but you need to work on your communication. Um, you you hear the second second bit, you don't hear the first bit. 
So when you add in and, um, or you agree with people, you say, oh, I hear what you're saying. And, you know, it's something we've done before. And I wonder if there's anything worth revisiting about that, because there still might be something to learn from it. The person doesn't feel shot down. So the person feels, and just by just by uh, removing the word but from people's everyday language helps grease the wheels because it, it feels as if people are heard and listened to and 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 not shot down and and creativity comes from you know friends and, and people I know who've worked in the creative industry you know it's like improv comedy or you know creativity in the art world it's it's about being additive and it's about coming out with the quantity of ideas not the quality and then refining it into something that's useful for for everybody and one surefire way to stifle that um, additive and cumulative nature of ideas is to um, shut it down inadvertently through the through the language that you use yeah it's so interesting isn't it how helpful the the yes and practice can help and 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 also what i'm struck by is the thing you said before it which was around permission um it's so easy to go into a meeting or a project um catch up and and assume that there is the permission to speak or contribute or move it forward in a particular way or that everyone can have a have their say and it's so easy to assume that everyone's intentions are aligned and i would have thought that more often than not it's not the case but the assumptions we make is that we are and and how that can just derail the collaborative effort yeah we get so subsumed into what we're doing at work and for quite you know for good reasons because our you know end of year bonus or our performance is a judge based on our ability to deliver and you know, you know the expression there's nothing outside of the self that we focus primarily on what's in it for us first in any dialogue because that's how we've been um that's how we've evolved as a species for um, protection and survival. And the problem being everybody around a table when you collaborate is thinking the same thing. So unless you are brave and you step beyond that, so it's, you know, there's nothing outside the self. Well, there is when you're collaborating because everybody, everybody's thinking the same thing. So yeah, it's, it's um, as, as we say, it's, it's a different game. Is there anything else, Ben, um, that we've not talked about or that, or that we've missed inadvertently as we've um, waded through the, the sea of collaboration? I'm not sure. I think it's about valuing the right things that will drive your behaviour. It's recognising that you need to be present to different processes when it comes to collaborating and that it's a game to be played with against different rules so i think you know i I think thinking back to the conversations that we have with people on groups and in groups and uh, the, the the coaching that we do is when you're coaching people to 
be effective in multiple contexts. You know, there's a set of behaviours that are, are, you know, there are there are there are a set of awarenesses that are universal in terms of what people need from you and how they want to feel in your presence, uh, regardless of context. And then there are sets of interpersonal behaviours that will help you in any context. And then they they are in the service of some mindsets which differ slightly for much as you know with performance management you know we encourage people to consider rather than managing someone's career is being the facilitator of it and how that shows up how that helps you show up differently in the context of of, of those sort of conversations so you know what's the equivalent for people in collaboration you know what's the you know you go first or you you um, embody the spirit of collaboration which is not making it too too trite and and esoteric but the spirit of collaboration is behaving differently because the game is different Thanks so much, Ben, for sharing your your knowledge and expertise in collaboration. Hopefully that's been helpful. Exploration of collaboration and the mindsets and the stuff that is important to value in, in trying to create that type of dynamic in a non-defensive way with his colleagues and whoever you're working with. And I would just encourage people to go out and experiment with what happens if they uh, if they even just experiment with those mindsets in terms of the, the productivity or the collaborative nature of how it feels for them. So try them on for size, those mindsets, and see what happens.